Hello, hello, and welcome back to The Known Podcast. I'm Liz Burns, and listen, I have a special surprise guest today. You're not going to believe it, but we talked so much about all things love, relationship, and yes, horses, um, that I'm not even going to talk. I'm just going to jump right into it. So let's go. Hello, welcome back to the Known Podcast. All right, I told you guys we had a special surprise guest, but it's actually a first time for us here at the Known Podcast. Ladies and ladies, please give it up for the first ever boy on the podcast. It's my husband, Dr. Jason Burns. <laughs> I'm honored to be the first guy. Yeah, I said boy. You're a man. I, I hope so. <laughs> You're a man. Um, it feels weird. Normally, I ask the guests, like, tell us 30 seconds about who you are. I mean, I know who you are. We've been married 17 plus years. But tell the lady listeners who you are. Well, I am the host of this podcast's husband. That's, that's how I introduce <laughs> that's, myself that's most it. places. That's really I'm enough. Liz's husband. That's really it. I uh, We've been married 17 years. Yeah, we have. Three incredible kids. Yep. Um, I love our life. I love our church. We're yeah. blessed to pastor the greatest people in the world. Mm-hmm. It's just so much fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jason, at the Known Podcast, we ask everyone about their pets, which, you know, it's kind of a fun opportunity because then I get to talk about my pets. We, we share pets. We do. We have three children, but also two majestic French bulldogs, wouldn't you say? I mean, maybe, but I also spent this morning after going to the gym, steam cleaning my son's carpet because wow. the second one, the little one, just treats the whole house like it's his public toilet. He's so. a baby. He is three months old. George Bailey update for those of you out there who care. He is still adorable. Uh, the bathrooms, I'd say he is at. A 30%. Generous 30%. And last night, I caught him chewing on the crown molding in our house. he's a baby. Like, say when Joey and Gavin and Ella were little, they... They never chewed on the crown molding Well, yeah, but it took them three years to potty train. We didn't toss them out. To be honest, we thought about it. We thought about it. (laughs) (laughs) Babe, you didn't even want a second dog, correct? I did not. Um, You didn't want a first dog. The truth is, I like dogs. Yeah. But what I really love is I love you. And you you wanted another dog. (laughs) That's true. Some days, some days I'm like, what did we do? uh, I got to say, though, when they're pretty cute together, when you see the size difference. They are really cute together. Now, the little one is aggressive. He's scrappy. So so George gets after Gus. He's young, scrappy, and Last night, he drew blood. He did. Poor Gus made a noise I had never heard that dog make. All right, anyway, this I think we could just do the whole podcast about our dog. I'm sure that would be helpful to people. That's going to be helpful. No, you're probably wondering, why on earth is there a man on the known podcast? Well, let me tell you. It is February, y'all. It's our first February podcast, and it's the month of love. Ooh. So I want to bring the man in my life. And Yesterday on our social media, we asked you to submit your questions about marriage and relationships, and I thought of no better person equipped to answer those with me than you. So should we give this a try? Let's see how it goes. I know. I'm kind of scared, honestly. I mean, we've made it work for 17 years, and it's so much better than working. Like, I absolutely adore every part of our marriage. And I do, so too. if we can help people in that way, it would be a blessing. Let's do it. Okay. So here's a question. Are you ready? <clears throat> Thoughts on relationship anxiety, fear slash worry slash doubt getting in the way of committing. So 
say this is we don't know because these questions were just sent to us but we don't know but like if you're in a relationship with somebody who has a relationship anxiety they're a fear of committing is there a way to make that work or is that like a deal breaker well let's see i think it certainly can be a deal breaker but here's what i also think every fear is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so I remember when we were dating and then we went through premarital counseling after getting engaged, which we highly recommend. We do. One of the questions that we were asked was what fears do you have for marriage? And do you remember your answer? No. (laughs) (laughs) We should have practiced. Was it that we wouldn't have enough dogs? (laughs) No, no, that's my fear. Uh, that we have too many. Uh, your fear was abandonment and it's actually terrible. It's actually most people's fear and and abandonment can happen because a person leaves. Abandonment can happen because a person dies. Mm -hmm. Abandonment can happen emotionally, physically. So I think that's everyone's great fears that I'll love you and I'll put my heart out there, but then you'll turn around and leave me in some way, in some capacity. And yours was rooted in some loss in your childhood. And so it's, you know, I get it. So what I tell people in premarital counseling is every fear is an opportunity. That's good. So what it means for me is if you're fearful in any way of something happening to me, me leaving, I just always want you to know, number one, where I am. Mm -hmm. And number two, that I love you and I'm always coming home. And so some people might say, well, Jason, that's you, that you being whipped, that you being like, no, it's, it's me showing love to my wife. It's me letting her know that if there's a fear in your life, let me take that fear as an opportunity to show you love in a way that you'll receive love. So essentially like, okay, if you're in a relationship, in other words, the person who submitted this question, if, the, if you're in a relationship and you either have the fear of committing or the person you're with has a fear of committing, like maybe get to the root of it. Like why, what is behind that? Cause it's not just, you know, cause it may be like, I liked you enough to get into the relationship with you. Like what is the fear behind going further with that? Yeah. And that's, it's again, it's a really good question to which I would say, get underneath what the fear is yeah, and see if there's a way that you can help them through that. Can you love them through the fear? Because possibly on the other side of the fear is the greatest adventure of love of your life. Yeah. Now, what I will also say is this in a dating relationship, the dating season should actually be the easiest season of your life. And so when couples are constantly at it, constantly breaking up and they come to me for advice, I usually say, you should probably break up. Yeah. Like you shouldn't be doing that much work on the side of dating. It's like the hormonal fluttery time. Yeah. And I will say that relationships are hard and messy and marriage gets even trickier. Marriage, marriage magnifies everything. So all the good stuff in our dating relationship got exponentially greater, but all the difficult, challenging things got even harder. Yeah. And so what I would say is if you're struggling in some ways like that, just kind of know in the back of your mind that this is actually as easy as it gets. Mm -hmm. And after this, it actually gets exponentially more challenging. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. That's a great answer. All right. Next question. How do you keep intimacy a priority? And it says in parentheses, not just sex. So like intimacy in a marriage, how do you keep it a priority? It's a good question. I I think the funny thing about dating is in the dating season of our life, it's all about pursuit. I pursue you. I pursue you. I pursue you. Uh, I remember when we got together, I couldn't wait after a date to ask you out for another one. I couldn't wait. (laughs) I couldn't wait to hang out, to go to dinner, to go to a movie. I just, I couldn't wait to be with you. And then what happens is we get married and often I feel like we exchange our hopes and desires and pursuit for expectations that we place on the spouse and expectations, in my opinion, rob the potential for intimacy. When I expect you to do something for me, all you can ever do if you do it perfectly, 
is get back to even. Right. All you've ever done is reached my level of expectation. So I'd say that's one thing is is let's kill expectation. Number two is let's pursue each other. Yeah. And then and then third, and this is a big deal, is I have to love you and I have to pursue you in a way where you're going to feel loved. Right. So so for example, you know, there's the five love languages and I'm sh- I'm sure most people know that. You can look them up online. What I've come to learn over the years of being married to you is, you know, you you always say that your number one is gifts. And so I try to bless you with gifts at any opportunity that I have. Mm -hmm. But I would also add, I actually think that maybe your top is acts of service. Mm -hmm. Like you say things to me like you are never hotter than when you're doing the laundry. That is the God's honest truth. And I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't You walk by holding a puppy. Yeah. And you're on your way to do the laundry. Yeah. I mean, that's it. The other day Dream I sent you man. a picture of our dog in the empty, empty laundry basket. That was basically that, like, it. it's all downhill from here. It's yeah. never going to get better than but that. But the, the point is, is that I want to love you in a way where you're going to receive love. Yeah. Do I like doing the laundry? No. Am I busy? Yes. Yeah. But if it's a way that pursues you and shows you love, that to me is a step towards intimacy. Yeah. Well, and I think, so this person asked, like, how do you keep it at the forefront? I mean, I, I've heard from different ministers who say we make it, we make sure to have a date night every seven days. Like, I do understand that that's not going to be necessarily feasible for everybody. Um, but I do think that it doesn't have to look like going out to eat. Does, like, is it like you have off on Fridays, so we do day dates. So mm-hmm. it's not as much going out at night to dinner, but like we love going out to breakfast. But even if like, say you're in that young kid phase, it can be really hard to get away. Say you have a lot of kids or say you just both work and you're on different work schedules, like find anything, something. If it's a TV show you like to watch together, but you order a pizza in, like, like Jason said, find what matters to y'all, but you have to I, I do think you have to fight for it. I think that we forget and think it should sometimes be mat- natural, but I don't think there's anything not romantic about having to plan and say like, we are setting aside and carving this time because we do want to keep intimacy a priority and we want to, you know, give each other that top space. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think a lot of people expect that the early feelings you get, all the emotions that cause you to be attracted to each other are just going to last forever yeah. and ever. And I hope that they do. And I know that there's things that we can do that foster those feelings, but we have to remember feelings aren't always true. They're just indicators. So there is something to be said for intentionality in our marriage. I I think back to the middle of quarantine. Everything was shut down. (laughs) There wasn't a lot that we could do. There there was no restaurants to go to. No movie theaters were open. You can't get a babysitter because nobody's coming to your house. So do you remember we picked up dinner from the (laughs) nicest restaurant in town? (laughs) We did. We we quarantined our kids upstairs, and we had a date downstairs. (laughs) We We watched a movie on demand or something. And, And people... People don't understand. Like when you're busy, it gets hard to find time Mm -hmm. for dates. Honestly, even on the topic of sex and sexuality, it gets difficult to find time. Yeah. So sometimes the most romantic thing you can do is put it on the calendar. Yeah. Prioritize. Yeah. Yeah. Put your kids to bed. Find ways to sneak in little dates and Mm -hmm. little moments of intimacy. Put your kids to bed at eight and just say to your wife, hey, tonight at eight o'clock when the kids go to bed, that's our time. And let's yeah. let's watch a movie. and Take let's a walk. Like you, we have a little fire pit in the backyard. And like the other night you said, why don't you come out and sit? And like, it was just nice just to sit there and talk with you. And the kids are like banging on the glass. We're like literally go away, you know, but but just sit outside and, and enjoy that. I've just come to learn that there's time for the things that matter most to you. Yeah. It doesn't matter how busy you are. All of us are busy. There is time for what matters most. And if your spouse matters most, you create time. So you either create time on the front end or after a tragedy. And what I mean by that is some people wait until like, it feels like the wheels are falling off. Mm -hmm. And if you felt like that, if you felt like the wheels were coming off of your marriage, you would do anything you could to fix it in that moment. What if you preemptively made the decision that I'm just going to schedule time for that, which matters most to me. Yeah. And Liz, I need you to hear this. You matter most to me. You matter to me too. Oh, um, okay. 
More conversation, this is a question, uh, I guess, or more less of a question, more of a statement. More conversation about how to navigate marriage with a non-believer. Wow, that's yeah, tough. that is tough. You know, a lot of people will immediately go to the scripture where, where it talks about like being unequally yoked. Yeah. And um, the idea there, a, a yoke is not a term we use often, but it's something that would be used to take two ox or cattle <laughs> and to put them together because yeah. two together can do so much more. Mm-hmm. And so I actually feel like in our marriage, I'm better. I accomplish more because of my marriage to you. And I hope right. that you would feel the same in reverse. Where it gets tricky is, is uh, the person asking this question is they're asking like, what do we do when I'm married to an unbeliever? I would start with this. Like God uniquely put you in their life. Mm-hmm. You are the greatest witnessing tool in their life. Yeah. Um, I have come to see that adults tend to come to faith in Jesus typically in seasons of transition and in seasons of tragedy. And there, there will be days in marriage. You will walk through tragedy. Y- yeah. You will bury a loved one. You will lose a job. You will get a bad diagnosis. And when you show the love of Jesus in mm-hmm. those seasons without yeah. belittling a person, without beating them or without coercing and manipulating them, like, let let your life be a living, walking testimony to your spouse. Yeah. When you walk through those difficult seasons, like you walk with the peace of God, you, you are a carrier of the presence of God in every situation. And so my prayer for you would simply be that you be that light, you be that witness in every possible way. And I, I do think it's important to add, though, like I think that can feel like a lot of pressure. So if you say weren't a believer and you get married, and then you find the Lord, and now one of you believes. Or, or maybe you were a believer and they weren't before marriage. Either way, like, I do think it's important that we remind ourselves. We are witnesses, but, like, at the end of the day, God will save his people, you know, because it can feel very much like I have to make their salvation happen. And I'm sure if you're married to an unbeliever, that could that could feel that way. But I don't think it's necessarily your responsibility in terms of, like, you're carrying the load of their salvation, like, do what you said and, and walk it out and, and live and do those things. But at the same time, knowing God is great. Yeah. I mean, they may find something on the job. They may literally see something that just one day you don't know. So, I mean, it sounds so cliche, but to be faithful in prayer, I mean, prayer can literally move a mountain. I think, um, like Jason said, keep modeling it. But other than that, too, realizing like it is God's desire for them to come to faith. Yeah, Scripture says it's the kindness of the Lord that leads to repentance. Yeah. So it's not the judgment. It's not right. the condemnation. Uh, it's the kindness of God. And so so be the kindness of God in flesh. Yeah, yeah. And and stay faithful to prayer and, and get people with you in your life to surround you who believe that with you and for you. Like I've had friends we've been praying for their child who's away from the Lord or something. And like, we're all going to celebrate when that day happens, you know, get a group around you who really believe for that with you so good. fast, dedicate yourself, you know, but, um, knowing to ultimately too, that it is God who will save. So, um, I'm going to bring up this question cause you kind of touched on it, but it said, how do you navigate grief or painful seasons in marriage? Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. And it is, but we are, I think, like kind of <laughs> uniquely qualified. Yeah, I mean, we've walked through cancer, the late-term loss of a, a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Six months into our marriage yeah. is when I was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, and, um. <laughs> and, and as pastors, I feel like we constantly walk yeah. through pain with people, and it's hard not to feel that personally. Yeah. Um, I, I think you need to remember that you are your spouse's number one. Mm. Like, that's it. Like, we're, we're in this together. And so I think back to the cancer season, and I think every time we checked into the hospital for you to get chemo, they would ask the same question. Do you have a living directive? Mm-hmm. They were asking, do you have a will? And almost like instinctively, I would grab you and say, no, no, 
she doesn't need one. And I would say this phrase, I don't know if you remember this, I would say, we're going to someday sit and sip sweet tea. Yeah. And that was kind of this picture we had together of someday growing old. Mm-hmm. We both love sweet tea. So our yeah. idea was we were going to get a house with the front porch and we were going to get those those uh, rocking chairs like they yeah, sell the at Cracker, Cracker Barrel. Barrel and we were going to sit on our front porch and sip sweet tea and watch our kids and grandkids and, and great grandkids. And a lot grandkids. of dogs. Oh, and like our great grand dogs. Yes, we're going to watch all of them together. For that. And all it was was a picture of what the other side of this season could look yeah. like. And so I really do think that God has this unique way of using the difficult times in our life to draw us first closer to him, mm-hmm. second closer to each other. Like yeah. I'll never forget, you're getting chemo, your hair started falling out. And mm-hmm. they always say it's kind of better to get ahead of that than to let it fall out slowly. Mm-hmm. So he decided to shave your head. And mm-hmm. that, I mean, you're gorgeous. And yeah. so and your hair, <laughs> your hair is a big deal. And I didn't have a head trimmer. I had a little beard and mustache <laughs> trimmer. Do you remember? And so oh, yeah. shaving it, we'd shave we it. It took a while. And it would stop. Like we'd only get like half an inch at a time. And it started as tears yeah. and it turned into tears of joy and yeah. laughter. Yeah. And I just, I think that, you know, you, when you get married, you say vows for better or worse. Well, it's mm-hmm. easy when it's better and it's hard hmm, when it's yeah. worse for richer or poorer. It's easy when the bank is loaded yeah. and it's hard when you're scraping together money to buy, to buy food, you know? You just make this decision that we're in this thing together because and that we're going to laugh and love through everything. Because we've seen the opposite. We've seen hard times tear people apart. And I think the difference is, like, first of all, God has to be at the center. Um, we're not so great that we just love each other so unconditionally that we could do it without God. Like, God has to be at the center. You have to say, I'm committed to this marriage. But I think it goes back to those love languages, too, like Jason already alluded to. Like, people in grief are going to react different. So, like... I wanted to be called when I was going through cancer. I wanted, you know, people to check in on me. I wanted to feel noticed and loved. And like for you to know that some people want space, you know, some people are going to want just a note from afar. Like, I think you have to find out how your spouse ticks and love them that way. I think sometimes as a woman, when you're going through something hard, like, I want to love you the way I want to be loved, which is like to be all up in your space, talk, let's talk about feelings. And you're like, this doesn't help me. Do you know what I mean? It could make it worse, in fact, for somebody who is an internalizer. So I have to learn to love you the way you want, which is like, give you space. I can ask like maybe one open question. If you go with it, then cool. Like I'm always going to be here for you to process with. But a lot of times you don't even want to take that time to do that. So I think it's all about reading, you know, your partner's cues on that. Like, how do they want to be loved? How do they deal with grief? Like people are just, I feel like so different. So don't assume that what works for you in grief is going to work for someone else. Yeah. The, the best advice is to be there for them the way that you, they need you to be there for right, them. Right. Period. Like, period. And also we cannot sing the praises of counseling enough. Oh, I mean, yeah. see your pastor, see a couple friend um, at our church here. We have Symbus, which is saving your marriage before it starts find a counselor, just something, because there is no shame in needing a little extra help in hard seasons. Like I can't sing the praises of that enough. Yeah. Counseling is a big deal because counseling, what it does is you need an outside voice sometimes to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. And what happens when you go through difficult times is you believe everything that you think and not everything you think when you're walking through the haze of disappointment, hurt, loss, any sort of grief is true. And so Getting someone that can help you process and actually see what is true is a big deal. Yeah. Okay. We're running out of time, which I knew we would because we are, you know, we could talk all day. But one more. How do you keep ministry from not draining your marriage? That's what someone said. And like, we are obviously also in a unique spot to say this. Um, I don't know if we crush it every time, but I do feel like there are boundaries there for sure. Like we have 
the story I like to brag on you about is the day that you were kind of cornered after church by a young man and he wanted to debate theology. And you finally said to him, like, the best theology for me right now is to go home to my family. Because if I leave them and the church is the thing that drains and takes me from them, like they resent the church. And like, if my family falls apart, how am I even then a minister of the gospel? Right. That's good. I think that we have to start by remembering that ministry is a privilege. Yeah. Like it really is. And so it's easy when you get to go celebrate weddings and you get to be there to celebrate a brand new baby being born. But we're also invited into the most difficult parts. We're invited into relationship drama. We're related. We're, we're invited into deaths and burials and just we're in the best moments. And we're in the worst moments, mm-hmm. the mountaintops and the lowest moments. And sometimes in those low moments, it's hard because it gets personal. Yeah. And I, again, I always want to, pepper this by saying it is a privilege to serve the Lord and it's a privilege to be a pastor. But sometimes you need to remember when people are hurting, hurt people, hurt people. Mm -hmm. And so we've walked through lots of pain. Um, I like to remind myself sometimes that our church has grown. I mean, there's a couple thousand people that are a part of our church now, but for every person that's a part of our church in the city, there's another one or two people in our city that used to be a part of Mm -hmm. our church. And I run into them everywhere I go. And so like there is inherent pain involved with this. I think in our marriage, number one, we're just in this thing together. Yeah. Like it's us before anything else. Yeah. And so we're in this together. That's a big deal. Number two is I need to remember that while empathy is good and important for my role, I can't physically carry the weight and the pain of every person that I deal with. Yeah. So in our neighborhood to get to our house, you drive into the neighborhood and there's a small roundabout with a Mm -hmm. little fountain. And I made a decision a long time ago that there was a fountain that I was calling it. I just, it's kind of like my dump fountain. Like when I, when I drive past <laughs> it, I'm just going to dump all my cares. You know, scripture teaches, cast all your cares upon yeah. the Lord. I, I physically do it's that good. by literally saying, God, I can't take this home. So here, I'm just going to cast it. I'm going to dump good. it into this yeah. fountain. And I'm just going to keep it's going. It's just that visual reminder. Yeah. And it, it just helps me. And there are days when the pain is inevitable. There are yeah. days when we've cried together. There was a, there was a season in our church where we walked through some, some betrayal from some staff is a good way to say it. And I, I kept it from you. And for three days, I didn't tell you anything. I just, I didn't eat for three days. And if you know me, that is like the highest form of pain if it's taking my eating away. And and so, but I remember telling it to you. And after three days, I was in tears and I don't cry. And Mm -hmm. I was in tears over it. And you were just there for me. And so how do you do it? You empathize, but you also have to make the decision of, I'm going to love people, but I'm not going to let it get toxic in my heart. Yeah, I agree. Boundaries for days. (laughs) Um... Jason, I love you. Thank you you. for being here today. In fact, um, why don't you stick around for our next segment? It's called Know It, but uh, today I have a little bit of a different idea. So um, will you stay around and help me with something? I'm willing to stay around. Okay, we will be right back. Welcome back to the Gnome Podcast. All right. This is normally the part of the show where we do know it, something that we think you should know about this week. But my husband's here this week, and I had a great idea with it being the month of love. We're going to do deal breaker or no deal breaker. It's kind of like deal or no deal. Yeah, so I'm going to give you a scenario, and you tell me if in a relationship... Now, this is obviously outside of our marriage. Like, say when you were just like a single guy out there. Like, okay. would this have been a deal breaker okay. in a relationship okay. for you or not? I was really picky, so I'm excited yeah, to see. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, deal breaker or not... Every morning they wake up and they sing, Get This Party Started by Pink. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, I'm going to say absolutely not a deal breaker. 
because that is You're a like, modified version of our normal You're life. Like, also, I love that song. Liz no. wakes up at 100 every day. She like, <laughs> but, feet hit the floor, and it's a dance party from the beginning. But what if it's 365? Like, what if your mom died the night before, and they wake up, and they're like, I'm coming up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what. If my mom died the night before, that might be a deal breaker. But the other 364 Shout out to days, your mom, by the way. She is fine. not dead. She's wonderful. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Okay. That's one I just had to get out that of That was way. good. Okay. Deal breaker or no deal breaker, they want to do a Star Wars themed wedding. Okay. Did you plan these in <laughs> advance? That's a, that for me is a hard deal breaker. I am not a fan of Star Wars. Dang. Shout out Star Wars fans who may be listening. Live your truth, but it's not ours. Live your truth. That What a terrible piece of advice. <laughs> I mean, in regard to your love of Star Wars. Still, that's not true. Okay, okay whatever, all right, fine. Whatever. Deal breaker or no deal breaker, they have horses. <laughs> <laughs> Hear me out. Next time you should write these questions in advance. I'm literally watching the gears in your mind spin as you make up questions. These are, excuse me, these are excellent questions. Okay. What if you marry someone and she's like, yeah, but I have three horses <laughs> that have to come with me? Well, first of all, it shouldn't be a surprise at that point. It's like what the, if she brings it on you the in the wedding of the day? wedding? Yeah, she's like, yeah. oh, by the way, I have to bring my horses. I'll tell you what, if you had surprise horses, that would be a deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have horses that I knew about well in advance, probably not a deal breaker because horses are expensive and require Surprise a lot of money horses. and land. Well, so, yeah, like if you are starting out, like in our marriage, we had a one-bedroom apartment to start out. What if, if we have, you had a horse in a one-bedroom <laughs> apartment? Horses. That would have been a deal breaker. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> there was barely room for you and me. <laughs> I don't know why, but the term surprise horses has really gotten me. Okay, last deal breaker. <laughs> um, you marry someone and they say, or you are dating someone and they say, you know what? I don't believe in deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> you have to write these questions in advance. I'll tell you what, that's a deal breaker. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm not trying to be next to stank all the time. But what if they have like alternative methods? It doesn't work. Okay. Like we, we've been down that road. It doesn't work. <laughs> Don't bring our personal lives into this. It just this. doesn't work. Why? Do you have a great deal breaker You in your mind that you want to ask me? I, I don't. Like, okay. I, a surprise horses was a good one. Like, <laughs> say I had a surprise horse. How would you feel? I would have been for it. You would have been for the surprise horse? All the animals. Yeah. Okay. Unless okay. it was a frog. Hmm. What about if you were dating a guy and he said he just absolutely abhors Italian food? Ooh. Ooh. First of all, what kind of psychopath right. hates Italian food? Sorry, sound engineer Nathan is laughing now. Um, if, like, I met a guy and he hated pizza, like, I mean, just more pizza for me. Yeah, but, like, he wouldn't want to have pizza night. Like, what would you do? I don't know. Seems like a deal breaker for you. Yeah. Like, I mean, what if you met someone and they skip everywhere instead of walk? <laughs> <laughs> that might be a deal breaker. I, I one time broke up with a girl and a top reason on the list had to do with the way she clapped That's her hands. That's a true story. If she's yeah. listening, shout out. Yeah. Um, sorry about your weird clapping, but it broke you off from a great man. <laughs> <laughs> what about if they don't wear shoes? <laughs> Look, I'm a shoe guy. You gotta have shoes for me, so <laughs> that's a deal breaker. Like you don't know what's on the ground. Absolutely. Oh, this is why we work so well. High five. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, I think next time, do you, just let us know if you want a bonus episode where it's just me and Jason going through deal breakers. Just let us know, because I, 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 wherever those genius ones that I just came up with came from, 
I've got more. Oh, I'm coming up with a list. Yeah, let's come up with a list, and we'll maybe do like a bonus content episode for like my birthday or something. I'm excited about that. (laughs) We'll be right back. Well, that was probably one of my favorites, if not favorite episode of the Gnome Podcast Thank you for listening. Um, Remember, if you like our podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Share this with your friends. And remember that you are known and loved by God. We'll see you next week.